Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Another wonderful Sunday. God is so good, everybody. God is so good. First of all, that worship that we had this morning was phenomenal. Shout out to the team. Milena does such a great job leading the crew week in and week out. You're such a blessing. Thank you. Thank you. Ilsa, Ilsa, where's Ilsa at? Oh, she's in the back somewhere. Wow, she missed her shout out. Shout out to Ilsa. She was singing phenomenally and then we got cliff in the house too you know the wonderful gentleman with the guitar man we've got some talented people here and it's really a a beautiful thing to be able to sing and worship god with each and every one of you because where would we be without god where would we be without god you know how many times god has protected you when you've just been walking around blindly not knowing where you're going the other day, I was with my friends, friends hanging out, and it was my best friend, one of my best friends, Brandon, and it was my boy's Lyndon, uh, Lyndon's birthday, and they actually got in a car accident when we were in high school. That was hor- this horrible car accident where the car flipped over like six times. Now, Brandon, every time that I hang out with Lyndon, loves to remind me that I was supposed to be in that car. Why wasn't I in that car? Well, at one level, it was because my parents wouldn't let me drive with other teenagers in the car, and, even, and I was begging them to go, and they weren't letting me do that at that time in my life. But also, God. <laughs> and we had this like, beautiful moment of gratitude before we literally went into the club to celebrate this guy's birthday, which was awesome. And he's like, man, wow, like, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be here. And you were supposed to be in that car with me. So much to be grateful for. Look at us now, 13 years later. So God is good, and God is watching over you and protecting you, and God is worthy of our worship and our praise. And when you begin any day with worship and praise in that way, it just aligns you with the truth of who you are, with the core of your being, and it gets you into a different state of being. In one way, you can call worship, faith, adoration of God a pathway to peace. And that's what I wanna talk about today, the pathway to peace. I know for myself in my own spiritual journey for so many years, the whole thing for me was about getting information in my head. I have so many books in my house. Many of them I've gotten rid rid of. Many of them I've kept just because, why not? I feel like books have become friends to me over the years. 
But for a long time, the number one priority for me was just learning more stuff, getting more knowledge and information in my head. But I remember coming to a, a cross point in my life where I realized I've got all this knowledge about God. I can, I can tell you all about these different theological issues and interpretations of the biblical text, but I'm not really happy. I'm not really at peace. I walk around and I'm stressed all the time. I'm constantly worried and anxious about what's going to happen in my life. So why is there such a big disconnect? How could it be possible that I have so much information and knowledge about God, and yet my life has nothing much to really show for it? Because when I'm going through difficult times, I'm acting as if there is no God. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know that God is with me. I know that God is watching over me. I know that God's providence is the one that is behind everything. But it's not actually translating to peace in my life. When I made peace my highest priority, there was a huge shift that began to happen in my spiritual life. My spirituality shifted from being something that was primarily intellectual to now being something that was embodied. It was more about the experience of God's presence in my everyday life. Not just knowing about God, but knowing God at a deep heart-to-heart -heart level. See, I used to think if I found God, then I would be at peace. But that was not true for my life and in my experience. For me, the reverse was actually true. Once I started to embody a state of peace, that's when I began to find God in new ways. That's when I began to experience God at a depth that I had never experienced God prior to that. See, peace is your natural state of being. It's who you are at your essence. And spirituality is all about getting you back to your core, getting you back to the essence of who you are. I like to think about it as coming back to your center. And I love that metaphor of finding your center because the center refers to a middle point. What does it look like to find that middle point within yourself? Someone who is centered and grounded is someone that is even-minded, even-tempered. You're not tossed around back and forth by every thought and emotion. You walk in a state of equilibrium. Now, this doesn't mean that you become a robot and you never react emotionally to anything. But in those moments when you do find yourself being taken captive by an emotion, you know how to bring yourself back to your core. You know how to find your peace within yourself. You know how to bring yourself back to your deepest essence. Jesus was such a beautiful example of what this looks like. I mean, there are stories of Jesus in the Gospels where literally he's with his disciples. They're on a boat. And then this huge storm comes. The wind is blowing. The waves are crashing. Everybody thinks they're going to die. And Jesus is asleep on the boat. And then when he finally gets up and everybody's freaking out, you know what he says to these people? Why are you afraid? Like, seriously? 
aren't we about this whole faith thing? Do, do you remember who God is? Do, do you remember who I am? Why? Why are you afraid? You would think in an instant like that, you have all the reasons in the world to be fearful, to be afraid, and to be anxious. But in Jesus' mind, he's like, why, why would you be afraid? Why would you be afraid? Peace is power, everybody. Peace is power. True power. Look at this quote from um, St. Francis de Sales. He says, never be in a hurry. Do everything quietly and in a calm spirit. Do not lose your inner peace for anything whatsoever, even if your whole world seems upset. That's something to aim for, I think, in life. To, to have a sense of composure under pressure. You're actually more better suited to deal with whatever problems and issues come into your life when you approach them from a state of peace and calm and composure. You see more clearly. You're able to make wiser decisions. You're not as reactive anymore. So what's the rush? What's the hurry? Do everything in a calm spirit. Don't lose your inner peace for anything whatsoever, even if your whole world seems upset. Something that's so fascinating about peace, when you really tap into it and you find it within yourself, is that it allows you to transcend the dualities of life. See, because you can be happy and at peace, and you can be sad and at peace too. You can be going through good times and experience peace. You can also be going through bad times and experience peace. You can experience peace when there's pleasure. You can experience peace when there's pain. So peace is a state of being that undergirds every experience. Peace has nothing to do with positive emotion. Peace has nothing to do with positive emotion. Peace is something that can be present in the midst of every emotion. That's why it's so powerful. So in my own life, I prefer peace over positivity. It's impossible to be positive all the time without also being in denial. And this is important for religious and spiritual people to hear because sometimes we can get so faith-filled, we can become so wusa that we lose touch with the stark realities of life and we live in this fantasy of perfection and we're no longer relatable to other people who suffer because we're not in touch with the reality of life. It's called spiritual bypassing. We use spirituality and religion and faith to minimize the difficulties of life. And we pretend like it's all good when it isn't. Peace allows you to be honest about what the situation is in front of you. See, I was reading this story and I watched this video about a producer whose son was a rapper, and he died in a shooting. Some of you are like, why do you know about this, Danny? Well, the Shade Room on Instagram, okay, if anybody you know. <laughs> okay, so is this guy, he's a producer, and his son, his son died, he got shot. And he was being interviewed, and someone asked him, what was the most difficult part of this experience for you? And he said, the worst 
the worst, absolute worst part of that experience was when I had to wash his body. See, because he, he's Muslim, and in the Islamic tradition, washing the body of those who are deceased is, is a ritual. You kind of send them off the right way, and that's something that's very important to them. So he said, it was the worst experience and the best experience at the same time. He said, it was a curse, and yet it was a blessing. Because as hard as it was for me to wash his body, that was the day that I really became a man. I thought I was a man up to that point just because I pay the bills and I provide for my loved ones. No, no, no. When I had to wash my son's body, that's really when I became a man. It was a, a, a curse, but it was a blessing. It was the worst thing to ever happen and the best thing to ever happen. As I heard that man speak, I thought to myself, this is somebody who knows and understands peace. He's at peace because he's at peace with the dualities of life. Peace neutralizes every situation. You don't have to ignore all of the negative and all of the bad. You can honor it. In fact, if you don't honor those emotions, the anger, the pain, the suffering, and you just try and zip past it towards peace and positivity, you're not going to have true peace. We have to honor the reality of life's harshness, the bitterness of life sometimes, peace is able to do that while also neutralizing the situation so that you can recognize there's also another side to it. It's kind of like the, the yin-yang thing, right? The light has a little bit of dark. The dark always has a little bit of light. And if you can find the dark in the light and the light in the dark, you can begin to embody peace. You begin to walk in equilibrium, balance, that is even-mindedness. I hope some of this kind of makes sense, but I know it may be a little challenging for some of us. But peace is so much better than positivity. There's a reason why in the New Testament you hear this phrase, peace be with you so much. The Apostle Paul, he opens and closes his letters with the phrase, grace and peace be with you. Grace and peace be with you. Jesus, after he uh, rises from the dead, introduces himself to the disciples in the gospel accounts by saying, peace be with you. And for me, that's not a coincidence or a chance. There's like a direct correlation that is being made between spiritual aliveness, spiritual newness of life, and being in a state of peace. God and peace are synonymous. You know you have found God when you have found peace within your heart. Here every Sunday after the announcements, we do the handshake, right? Everybody gets up. Here we kind of tell everybody, give someone a high five or give them a hug because we like hugs at Heartway. By the way, hugs are, hugs are actually really powerful. One of our uh, leaders for many years, her name was Andrea, and she, she did our outreach for so many years. She was a part of Hartway from when we started. And she passed away now, has it been a little over a year? Yeah. Wow. So, and she was here every weekend. She was serving as an usher. Well, at her funeral, you want to know one of the things that I heard more than anything? When people were complimenting this woman, you want to know what they said more than anything at her funeral? 
her hugs. Oh, her hugs were just so amazing. After I heard that, I'm like, man, I knew there was something about hugs. You know, because you think it's, it's nothing, but people remember that to the point where when you die, if you give, give good hugs, that's what they'll say about you. Man. But can, you, can y'all say that about me if that happens at some point? Danny gave such good hugs. I got to start. I got to get better. Okay. I feel like I'm already pretty good. So. Oh, not Andrea. <laughs> yeah, she's legendary status. She's legendary status. Anyway, so we do that little handshake moment, right? Well, in the early church, they used to call that moment passing the peace. So when followers of Jesus would gather together in a room, they would pass the peace to one another. When they got up and they shaked each other's hands and they greeted one another, they were passing the peace. That's what we're here for, everybody. That is what we have to offer the world. Jesus literally to his disciples like, I, I, I am here to give you peace. Peace is what I have come to give you and not peace that you find in this world. This is a whole different kind of peace, a peace that doesn't make sense, a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that you can carry with you even when anything and everything in your life is going wrong. Peace is what I came to give to you. So if he gives us this peace, are we here to keep it to ourselves? Absolutely not. We're here to spread that peace to other people. Here's the catch. The only peace you can pass along to others is the peace that you have within yourself. How do I find that peace? By cultivating a connection with God who is the source of peace. And it's about implementing practices into your life. Prayer, meditation, spending time uh, reading scripture or reading any sort of spiritual text that makes you come alive on the inside. You know, spending time in spiritual community. These are practices that are conducive to peace. Maybe getting a therapist can help you find some peace in life too. You know, but it really doesn't have to get any more complicated than just working on your relationship with God, cultivating a relationship with God and making that a part of every moment of your day. St. Francis of Assisi has this wonderful prayer. If you've never read the prayer of St. Francis, wow, it's such a beautiful prayer. And he starts the prayer by saying, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Make me an instrument of your peace. You know, God cannot give you peace outside of himself because it doesn't exist. There's no such thing. So if you want peace... That means you want God. If you want God, that means you want peace. I love this play on words here with the word no, N-O and then K-N-O-W. No God, no peace. No God, no peace. That's how it works. That's how it works. Let's look at this prayer together. This is called the serenity, the serenity prayer. They say this in uh, AA and N-A. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace. And the prayer goes on. You should Google it and read it. 
But let's just stop right here. First of all, whoa, the first part. God, grant me the serenity, serenity, peace, to accept the things that I cannot change, courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That's how you find peace. When you learn how to discern that difference, and there's a lot of things that are out of our control, people, that we think are in our control. And there's a lot of things that are in your control that you think are not. Your peace is dependent on learning the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time. This is the part I want to highlight. Accepting hardships as the pathway to peace. And I know some of y'all did not want to hear that. In the, in the book of Acts, Jesus is like, hey, the way into the kingdom of God is through a lot of tribulation. That's how you find the treasure of the kingdom of heaven within you is through a lot of tribulation. That's God's school. It's hard times. It's difficult times. That's where you learn. That's where you grow. That's where you hear from God. And notice it doesn't say experiencing hardship is the pathway to peace because we can experience difficult times. We can experience challenges and have no peace. That's a lot of us. I mean, I'm going through a lot of hard times, Danny, and this is not a pathway to peace. This is a pathway to misery for me right now. Right. Because experiencing hardship doesn't lead to peace. Accepting hardships. Accepting hardships is a straight shot there. So I may not understand what I'm going through. I may not get why this is happening. This may not make any sense to me right now. But however I'm going to go about solving this problem or moving forward from here, I'm going to start from this place of acceptance. Once you have acceptance, then you can move towards a more positive story and a more positive outlook. Some of us don't like the neutrality of peace because it's just, it seems so like boring, I guess. But wouldn't you rather have a more neutral approach to the situation than to be down in the dumps? Right? So instead of being down in the dumps, find at least that place of neutrality. It is what it is. I can't control this, so I must accept it. So you make acceptance your default mode of operation. And then you build from there. You build from there. But you start from the premise of acceptance. Let me read to you this wonderful parable that illustrates this point. There was once a king who offered a prize to the artist who would paint the best picture of peace. The contest stirred the imagination of artists everywhere. Many artists wanted a chance at winning the prize. Paintings from far and wide began to arrive. The king looked at all the pictures, uncovering one peaceful scene after another as the onlookers clapped and cheered. The tensions grew as only two pictures remained veiled. As the king pulled the cover from one, a hush fell over the crowd. It was a picture of a calm lake. The lake was a perfect mirror for peaceful towering mountains all around it. Overhead was a beautiful blue sky with fluffy white clouds. Along the grassy shore, a flock of sheep grazed undisturbed. 
All who saw this picture thought it was a perfect picture of peace. Surely this was the winner. The king then uncovered the last painting, and the crowd gasped in surprise. Could this be peace? This picture had mountains like the previous painting, but these mountains were rugged and bare. Above the mountains was an angry sky from which rain fell and in which lightning played. Down the side of the mountain tumbled a foaming waterfall. The crowd could almost feel its cold, penetrating spray. This did not look peaceful at all. But when the king looked closely, he saw a little bird had built a nest on a branch of a tree, a tree that reached out in the direction of the tumultuous waterfall. Yet there, in the midst of the rush of angry water, undisturbed in her stormy surroundings, sat the mother bird on her nest in perfect peace. The king chose the last picture. See, when we picture peace in our mind, we think perfect serenity, calm surroundings, nothing going wrong. No, no, no. Peace is not the elimination of chaos. Peace is the calm acceptance of chaos. I was reading through the book of Job last week, which was fascinating. I haven't done that in a while, just like read a book in the Bible, but I did it. And I read through the book of Job, and something that stood out to me at the end was this beautiful phrase. God is silent, by the way, the whole story. Job is a man who had everything, and then he loses it all. God is testing his faith. Job has no, reason, no understanding as to why this is happening. He does not know the reason. So he's kind of angry at God because in his mindset, he thought if he obeyed God and did what was right and good and lived a life of integrity, God would bless him. But it looks like I'm cursed. So what's going on here, God? His friends are being like horrible friends and telling him, it's actually your fault. You disobeyed God. You must have done something wrong in order for these curses to come upon you. But Joseph kind of held, uh, Joe, uh, Job held on to his integrity. And he knew, no, I, I, was, I was living the right way. This doesn't make sense. At the end, finally, God tells both Job and his friends that they're wrong. But when God speaks to Job, the scripture says that God spoke to Job out of the whirlwind. What a weird thing. God spoke out of the whirlwind. Okay, a whirlwind is a symbol of chaos and destruction. So what does it mean that God spoke out of the whirlwind to Job? Are you telling me it's in times when everything is so chaotic and messy and crazy that God is speaking the loudest? C.S. Lewis says, God whispers to us in our pleasure and shouts to us in our pain. God whispers in our pleasures, but he shouts in our pain. It's precisely in those moments when everything in your life is going sideways that God is teaching you and instructing you and revealing things to you the most. By bringing yourself to a state of peace and inner equilibrium, you make yourself more receptive to God's voice in that way. You're able to listen to God's voice 
a little better. And let me tell you something. When you're going through it, when, when life gets tough, that word from God that you hear, that revelation that you receive can be enough to get you through. Just, just one insight, just one little lesson, just one little insight can be enough to get you through. It makes the whole thing worth it. To the point where you'll say, oh my goodness, I would do it again, I would do it again, I would do it again to get this gem out of it. And you may have already known intellectually the lesson, but you didn't really know it in your experience. It wasn't real to you yet. It wasn't real to you yet. Many of you may be familiar with a spiritual text called A Course in Miracles. Anybody ever heard of it? There are these statements in this book, A Course of Miracles, that are meant to be chewed on and meditated as a tool to bring you into this state of even-mindedness, peace, inner stillness. And I, I want to read two of these to you. I, I think you can use these as mantras. Maybe you can make this your prayer in the morning. Here's one statement. Peace is the only goal I have today. Wow. What would it look like to wake up in the morning and make this your prayer? God, peace is the only goal that I have today. Let me ask you something. What could be more important than this? I have yet to find something that matters more or can be more important in life than having peace. Because you can have money, but if you don't have peace... What good is it? I mean, you can have fame, you can have success, you can accomplish many things, but if you don't have peace of mind, what good is all of that stuff? This is what matters more than anything else. And until you make peace your highest priority, you won't truly experience the peace that you're looking for. Because you can't find it in the places that you've been looking for it in. Peace has nothing to do with your circumstances being better. Peace is an inside job. It's a decision that you make. If you make your peace dependent on circumstances changing, people acting differently, you're going to be waiting a long time to be at peace. You have to make the decision that peace is going to be your highest priority. Peace is the only goal I have today. This is the only game in town for Danny Prada, I'm going to be honest. And any, here's, here's a good way to play the game. Don't allow there to be any legitimate reason for you to lose your peace. And any justification that your mind comes up with to keep you in your misery is a justification that you should question. It's a justification that you should doubt. Because what could possibly be more important than peace? Anything that, you anything that requires you to sacrifice your peace is not worth it. That's right. It's too expensive. If it's requiring you to sacrifice your peace. Nah. So when you are moving like this, when peace becomes your goal, that changes the way that you act. It changes the people you inter interact with. It changes the kind of energy that you allow within your space. Once I find peace, how do I protect it? 
You protect your peace by living according to your values, living according to your principles, and not compromising on your boundaries. Integrity is what leads to peace. And when you move out of integrity, you will feel it. You will feel the inner disturbance. And that will be your sign that you're going in a direction that is not conducive to your peace. And eventually, your tolerance for something other than peace will become so minimal that you won't even mess around with certain things that you know are just going to lead you in a direction that is opposite of what your goal is. This can save a lot of you relationally, by the way, because the things we're willing to entertain because we want love, validation, and approval from other people. Oh, I'll, I'll put up with it. They're just like this, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. Everybody has baggage, right? Yeah. Everybody. You're, not, you're never going to find a perfect person. But also, it's good to have a little radar. <laughs> you know what I mean? That can alert you when you're going to maybe get in, entangled with somebody or something that really is not going to help you establish yourself in a sense of peace. Peace is the only goal that I have today. Here's the other one. Let every voice but God's be still in me. That's a beautiful prayer too. Let every voice but God's be still in me. You get to choose which voice becomes a reality. The thoughts that you believe, the voice that you listen to will determine the kind of person that you are and the kind of life that you create. Listen to God's voice. Listen to God's voice. I know there's a lot of voices up here. The voice of fear, the voice of anxiety, the voice of comparison, the voice of judgment. When the voices are getting really loud, make this your prayer. Let every voice but God's be still in me. I love it when Jesus says to his disciples, my sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. Some of us, we don't know the voice of God. We cannot recognize it. Again, God and peace are synonymous. The voice of God is the voice of peace. It's the voice of love. Let that be your compass. Let that be what gives you direction and stability in your life. Look at this quote in Philippians. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Again, peace allows you to transcend the dualities of life. Peace can be present when you're hungry and when you're full, when you have a lot and when you have a little. That is the beauty of peace. That's why it's such a wonderful gift that God is offering to us to be content in any and every circumstance. Now, some of us are afraid, are afraid of the word contentment, especially in our hustle culture. If I'm content, Danny, I'm never going to achieve anything. I'm never going to evolve. I'm never going to grow. How do you know that if you haven't tried it? Have you, have you tried making peace your highest goal and then living life and seeing how things begin to flourish from there? No. You're, all you know and all we're used to is the rat race, anxiety, 
trying to prove my worth to society and to other people. Always chasing after something in order to show how great of a person I am, how valuable I am, how popular I am. I mean, it's what we do. It's, it's our world. You think if you're content, you're not going to grow, you're not going to evolve, you're not going to change, you're not going to achieve. That's not true. You can still experience all of those things. Now you're just going to be moved by a different kind of energy. Now all of your forward movement in life is going to come from intrinsic inspiration rather than extrinsic reward. You understand? Now you're going to do what you do out of love and creativity and passion, not out of fear or obligation or necessity. I have to do this. Otherwise, my life is not going to mean anything. No. Contentment. Wow, to be content with the way things are. Some of us are so far removed from this, we don't even know what that looks like. Again, we think it's bad. We've been trained to think that it's bad. Try it. Try it. You may realize, once you start practicing peace and living in a state of contentment, that a lot of the things you think you want, you don't want anymore. I just, I don't want that. If I did want it, I'd get it. But I'm content. I don't want it. And others, other times you'll be like, I'm very content as I am, and I also would like that. So let's go. And that frees you now to fail. You can pursue the greatest of aspirations that you may have in life. But because you're content, whether you reach that goal or not, if you don't get there, not the end of the world. You're not beating yourself up. You're not thinking that you're the worst thing ever. You're not ashamed. Contentment. Peace. Give it a try. Just give it a try. What is it that keeps us from contentment? What keeps us from embodying this state of peace? The three beliefs of the ego. Lack, attachment, and control. Lack is the belief that there's something missing. I need something outside of me in order to complete me. Attachment is trying to make something permanent that is temporary. Everything is temporary. Okay? Attachment is trying to make something that is temporary, permanent. Everything is temporary, even your life. Even your very life. Which is why Jesus said, I lay my life down. I lay my life down. Not even, I'm not even holding on to my life. Right? When, you have, when you have God in your life, when you have truly found the kingdom of heaven within you, when you have found peace and contentment, you can face the reality of your death with even-mindedness and equilibrium. Because you know even my life is not my own. So if your life is not your own, you can't even hold on to your life. Why are you trying to hold on to that person? Why are you trying to hold on to this job? Why are you trying to hold on to all that money? Why are you trying to hold on to all these things? When in reality, God is the one that determines when it all comes and it all goes. So you enjoy it one moment at a time, like we read in that prayer. And then control. Control is trying to manipulate life to be according to our desired outcomes. You're manipulating life so that it turns out the way you want it to be. Okay, all of your unrest 
all of your internal disturbance comes from one of these three sources. And the key to get to a place of peace is to trade lack for abundance, attachment for non-attachment, and control for surrender. And that becomes your practice every day. I'm going to live my life knowing that God can do exceedingly abundantly above anything that I ask or think. God is not missing any resources. God can provide for me everything that I desire and some in God's timing. There's always more than enough. He is the God literally of more than enough. So you trade lack for abundance. You trade attachment for non-attachment. Just practice letting go. Start with the little things. When little things don't go your way, practice letting go, being at peace with the way things are, making acceptance your default mode of operation. And then you trade control for surrender. These are the things in my control. These are the things out of my control. Whatever's out of my control, God, I surrender it into your hands. You take care of this situation. Before we go, I want to show you this little photo, funny photo of two monks. Okay, the one monk says, you know you're out of your freaking mind. And the guy says, yep, took a lifetime of practice. Okay, I like this because peace is a matter of going beyond the mind. What I mean by that is you no longer identify with your mental chatter. I'm not identifying with the voice of the ego. I listen to the voice of God. So when the voice of ego is present, when the voice of fear and judgment and negativity is screaming so loud in my head, I've got to remember that's not me. That's not true. Let every voice but God's be still in me. Right? You become the space between the thoughts. You become the awareness, the emptiness. From that vantage point, you begin to see your mind as a process that happens within you but is not you. It's this third-person vantage point. The mind is something that happens within me but is not me. And so now you relate to your thinking. You relate to your mind. You relate to your thoughts in a different way. Because how many of us have felt bad and then we feel bad about feeling bad? You know? Like we, we, we think these thoughts in our mind and then we beat ourselves up because we thought something that we had no control over. The thoughts just pop into your mind. I mean, you have no control over that. So by disidentifying yourself with your mental chatter, you can begin to learn how to just become the observer of your mind. That place of observation is the place of peace because all of the chaos that we're talking about is just chaos up here. That's all it is. Your mind be when your mind becomes chaotic, life becomes chaotic. But if life is chaotic and your mind is at peace, life is good. Everything is okay. So it's a practice to go beyond, beyond the mind. And that's really how you can learn to love yourself. I love this quote from Khalil Gibran. He says, God said, love your enemy. So I obeyed him and loved myself. Isn't that so good? We're our own worst enemy sometimes. Th this mind of ours is our, is our worst enemy. Well, God said, love your enemies. So that means you got to start loving yourself. 
Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the peace that you offer to us. We receive your peace now, and we ask that you would make us an instrument of your peace in this world. May we pass along this peace that has been granted to us so that when others are around us, they can experience a taste of your presence. Help us to desire peace above all other things. May we always remember when life gets chaotic and crazy that we don't need to wait for circumstances to change in order to find a place of serenity within ourselves because as long as you are in us, peace is in us. So we ask by the power of your spirit that you would give us the ability to always come back to our center, to always come back to the core and the essence of who we are. Thank you, God, for giving us the gift of yourself. You are our peace. You are our peace. Amen. All right, everybody. Another wonderful Sunday. See you guys. Be well.